But this is Duca on the move for Montreal. Billy Duca, let's see what he does. A left foot shot that's in. Billy Duca beat his man, and the Rutgers product makes it one nothing Montreal. This is Off the Woodworks with Kevin Laramie, the longest running podcast entirely dedicated to the Montreal Impact. It's wide open now, Malice, plenty of room. As Pachuca have five players lined up across the back. An opportunity! Here comes Justin Matt for Montreal. Nigel Rio Coker into the area. It's Drogba with his first one for Montreal. It's called quickly off the restart. It's Drogba for the second time tonight. Picking up the crumbs, Callum Malice. Dangerous cross. Oh, Sean Johnson. Patrick Didier Drogba. Good day, good night, and welcome to a brand new edition of Off the Woodworks. What a debut for DJ Drogba for the Montreal Impact. Unfortunately, it's not the, like, the official debut. He actually played in the game before against Philadelphia for like half an hour, not even. But what a way to debut. Despite the imagination of fans. Sell out crowd at Stad Saputo today for actually what a cracker of a game this was. 4-3, the Montreal Impact comes out victorious after a Hat trick by Mr. DJ Drogba. What a way to impress everyone, not just by the goals, but by the way he plays the game, by his entire performance, the entire 90 minutes, and, and then some. Uh, we'll talk about that today on Off the Woodworks. It's wow. Uh, what a performance. I am floored on, on my backside right now. I'm trying to recover. I've watched the game twice now. And uh, I'm still amazed by all the little details that the player like Didier Drogba does. And yeah, we always said the MLS is good, but damn, he's a notch above. What I he's even better than I was expecting. Not gonna lie, the, yes, I I've been following Didier Drogba for years. Uh, yes, I knew the age was might have been a factor, and was considering like I I I had my reservations. I was really happy and understand the move and I was I would I agreed with the move but I was still like had my little doubts well those doubts just got destroyed maybe not at the 27th minute but when he scored his second I had no doubt uh, just the way he moved on that pitch the way he positioned himself surprised and what a performance so 4-3 for the Montreal impact hat trick by Didier Drogba what a performance by Wandre Lefebvre, the other goal for the Montreal Impact. It was a makeshift backline, we're not going to lie to each other, because of the fact that Oyongo international duties, Laurent international duties, injuries. So there was a makeshift backline. The back four was consisted of 
Tissot in the left back. Had Donny Toya and Wandre Lefebvre in the center back position. And I'm drawing blanks because Eric Miller was out to international duties as well. Nigel Rio Coker at right back. Actually, a good game by Nigel Rio Coker, but it was a makeshift backline. So it was always iffy here, but it made for a very entertaining game. Same thing could be said for Chicago. It wasn't maybe a makeshift backline, but they had their troubles. Uh, DGA, while found ways to open them up, is the best way to describe in a single moment what can Didier Drogba bring to a game. And that's even without scoring, outside of his three goals. Okay, on the box score, on the final game sheet, it doesn't say Didier Drogba as an assist next to Wandre Lefebvre's goal. It was off a corner, he was at the back post, and he headed it in. But the thing is, if you look carefully, Didier Drogba was right in front of Sean Johnson. And the only thing Sean Johnson could see or think about was Didier Drogba. So much that he went to uh, wait for the corner right on Didier Drogba. So when the ball went past over him, he was out of position. And Andre Lefebvre could just head it in a empty net for the goal. And that was, yes, the Donadell perfectly placed corner, yes. But DJ Drogba catching the attention of the goalkeeper and literally scaring the goalkeeper. And Sean Johnson is not an easy man to scare. Have you ever looked at him? He's tall. He's big. He's not afraid. But still, he was afraid of the Jogba on that goal. So that just shows you, in a nutshell, the impact, no pun intended, that the Jogba brings to this team. That's outside of his three goals that he scored tonight for a crucial win in the race for the playoffs. What should we name that race for the playoff this year? I've been wondering. It's uh, What should it be called? It's uh, uh, the race to the playoffs. Uh, let me know what you think. Now let's, let's, find, let's dub it. Let's find a nickname for it. What should we call the run of the playoffs? At Off The Woodworks. At Kev Larame. Off The Woodworks at Hotmail.com. Let me know what we should call the race for the playoffs. I don't know. Uh, just to continue with the DJ, which is probably going to be like an entire show dedicated to him. Uh, that's how good he was tonight. But DDA, he can defend. I stopped counting after 10 times. I saw him go back helping the defenders. And in set pieces, he doesn't wait in the midfield for the ball to come back. No, he's in the trenches trying to help his defenders, his teammates. And he knows how to get position. And always seems to know what to do and he does draw attention of the crowd as well but what does that make is then the crowd is more attend uh, is more carefully watching the game and then it reacts to I, I just have an image tonight and I, I know Wander has been playing for the team for a long time and he's not the first uh, product of the club to play for the big club product of the academy and the club so on and so forth playing with the big club but tonight uh, his stature playing the game, the way he felt, the way everybody was applauding him when he did such a great movement. I remember one, he was coming on one and he was three defenders in front of him and he did it almost a 360. It was maybe 270 degree turn with the ball and came back out all by himself, eluded three attackers 
and he had the ball and could do a a nice long pass to move the attack forward and move the ball forward. And that was just great confidence, great acumen on the pitch. And Wondril is a very smart fellow. He did a triple master, a uh, triple, uh, very hard studies at the HEC. And that's where it comes to play. You can see he's very smart on the pitch. And uh, he has a great future. Hopefully, it's with the Montreal Impact. And due to international duties and suspensions, he gets more playing time, uh, starting time. He had a couple times earlier this season. He does deserve uh, to be starting, I think. I think you can always move Cabrera back to the wing if there's something. And I know Yongo is hard to move. And on the other side, it's if there's no injuries... It's hard to move Toyo as well. It's, but there's going to be a happy problem. But there's a, we talked about how congested the midfield was. But I believe defense, when everybody's healthy and back from international duties, is a very deep back line. That could be very important going forward. If this club wants to qualify for the playoffs, they need to consistently have a solid back line. And they do have the keys to do that, I believe, with the, the performances like Lefebvre did tonight, it, it bodes very well for the Montreal Impact's future. One thing that people need to keep in mind, and that's in the words of Didier Drogba himself, after the game in the locker room, because yes, he did talk to the press tonight. Uh, there was a lot of uh, controversies or beginning of him when he talked to the press, yes or not. Uh, would he stay hidden in the showers and come back uh, later and hide in the corner like he did the last time? Tonight, he talked to the press, and he seemed really happy. He was, uh, he said there was a lot of good moments, there was a lot of bad moments. I, you have to be happy, but they cannot be happy by letting three goals in. One little five said the same thing, and you have to agree with them. But like he says, sometimes the three points is more important. And one little five actually said after the game that this game was crucial, was important. They talked about it all during the week in the press. How important this game was for the standings. It puts them back in sixth position with uh, still four games in hand against, uh, that's in, at most four games in hand against a direct opposition in this race for the playoffs. So you kind of have to be happy. When you score four goals, you have to be happy. Even though you let three in, you scored four. And you have to remember, it's not the first time the Montreal Impact played this year with Mauro Biello as the head coach and scored four goals. If you remember, earlier, mid-May against RSL, when Klopas was suspended, Mauro Biello coached the team and it was a 4-1-0 win against RSL. So, there's a trend here. That trend's probably going to be broken really soon. The Montreal Impact are not going to score four goals every time Marobiello is the coach in 2015. Uh, that's statistically almost impossible. What is possible is that there was a difference. Not necessarily on the team, on the way it looked, on, on the coach, but seemed to be everybody on the same page for once. It doesn't mean that it's Frank Klopa's fault. Uh, the firing of a coach sometimes is just a catalyst to bring everybody closer together. has nothing really to do with the actual coach himself sometimes. Sometimes it's the actual result that is more important. It creates the actual difference in the locker room than the change itself. 
that does happen sometimes. I don't know which is which in this situation, but you have to say after a couple of days, there seemed to be some difference. Some of the players seem to be a little bit more free on the ball. There was a granted Piatti hasn't been playing the last few weeks. Now he's back, and the way that Piatti was playing with Drogba, and freely, and it seemed like Piatti and Drogba connected in some level of playing, hey dude, okay, we can understand each other on a level that's higher than we are right now. Well, let's, let's blow some minds. And it seemed like Drogba was at the end of those tonight. It wasn't always Piatti creating it, but Piatti's easing back into uh, get being as dominant as he was. It's going to be scary when Vinegas come back. And when all those keys and all those pieces gets into the right place and this team becomes dangerous. When the midfield gets settled and resolved and basically it's been a rotation in defensive midfield. And you can't say that it's been bad one lately. Malice is slowly becoming a, a very competent and confident defensive midfielder with a flair for the long ball which at the position that he is can create a great opportunity for Drogba uh, so if that chemistry does work and does gel and does set quickly that could be very dangerous for the rest of the team in that run of the playoffs and the Montreal impact is implicated in this year in the Eastern Conference so what's going to be important now is to continue this run, to go on the roads and get results. You do have some games in hand still against a lot of your direct rivals, but it's not going to be that easy. Some of those games are going to have to play on the road. Some of those games are going to be two games in the same week. So you're going to have to rotate the squad. One thing that has to be mentioned amongst the players that were international duties, like we mentioned earlier, La Racima, which still has a two-game suspension. The fact that it's, uh, I think it's yellow card accumulation as well as it's red, so he has two-game suspension. I might be mistaken, but still, two games is going to miss. But it's a rest in some sort. He did not play. Uh, with uh, Belgium in the first game of uh, his stint right now. He was not even included on the bench, so he was in the stands. Doesn't matter. He he had fun. He chirped. Him and Drogba actually are good pals, apparently. <laughs> they call himself Mapoul and all that, and uh, they had some fun on Twitter, Drogba, after the game, tweeting to La Racima, come back soon, this one was for you, my pool. So uh, those are always fun to see that a player like Drogba uh, gets, not included, but uh, sets, sets in well as part of the team, part of the locker room. And that's one point that I think is important, too, that Nigel Rio Cougar said after the game he was acting captain for the starting 11 tonight. And uh, Rio Cougar mentioned... It's not just about individuals at all. It's not about individuals. It's about a team. And they have to react well as a team. They have to play well as a team and try to score goals. They did that tonight, but try to get results and wins. And they did that tonight as well. So amidst all the emotion and applause of Drogba tonight, 
It's a team performances. Uh, the service for Drogba was actually pretty good. Montreal Impact did change its... I don't want to call it mentality. I don't want to call it philosophy. I'd rather call it scoring instinct. What I mean is, they do want to involve Drogba in the play. And that cannot come by chance. Cannot come at random. You need to plan it. If you want to involve him... More, you need to plan it so that he's involved more. And you could see that. You could see that they had in mind in certain game situation, if it's a relance, a restart of the play going forward in about the midfield position, you can tell that Dogba's going to do one run and the defensive midfielder, Malice or Donadell, is looking for that type of run. So that does communication... There is a channel of communication between what type of service Drogba wants and what he got tonight. And that's great to see that it happens quickly in a team. Drogba is not a shy person. He's a person that he's outgoing. He's an international superstar. He's a top 10 name in the world of professional football in the entire planet. What, what that involves as well is... A facility to communicate, an ability to communicate, and at ease at communicating, which some sort makes the other party feels at ease when you tell them, dude, you're not doing the ball like I want. I want the ball there. Fine. So at training, when those things happen, it's easier for him to approach and to talk to the uh, his teammate about it because... He's that type of person. He's very easy and outgoing and happy, and it does make for a great relationship so he can communicate with those type of, of things. So if you want to look at the standings right now, Montreal Impact have 31 points after 24 games played. They're right now in sixth position. All right? But that's actually right now as we're recording this Saturday night between Saturday and Sunday. Closer to Sunday, but yeah. Uh, right now at 7th position, well, 30 points, 28 game played. So that's 4 games in hand for Montreal Impact. You have Philly Union in 7th. Orlando at 8, 9 New York, and 10 Philly. But let's look at the point per game, which is the measure that can tell us right now where the club should stand. And one funny thing, beside one disparity, the entire standing is almost correct compared to the points per game. The only difference is DC United is first in the East. But because of the game in hands that New York has in second position, their points per game is higher. Outside of that, they all rank accordingly. But there's a huge gap between 6th and 7th position, which is Montreal and Philly. Montreal has a 1.29 points per game average compared to Philly at 1.07. What does those two numbers mean? If the trend continues for the rest of the season, the battle for the playoff will be between Montreal and Philly. And the thing is, if you extrapolate by the number of games remaining with the points per game average, it gives you a six game for Philly left. Six times 1.07, six and change. So... Around they'll make around seven points, which brings them to thirty-seven. Remember that thirty-seven. Montreal Impact, they got twenty-four games played. They got ten remaining. 
10 games. 1.29 points per game. That's 12 points. 0.9, 13 points. So, if the Montreal Impact continue on this trend, they will get 13 points. 31 plus 13. That's 43. 43 would guarantee almost a playoff spot in the East. So, I don't want to alarm anyone. I don't want to uh, start looking past. I don't want to jinx it either. But if the trend of the entire season continues for the last third of the season, because Montreal is only at two-thirds, even though some teams are four-fifths of the season through, Montreal is only two-thirds. So, that being said, I do feel the Montreal Impact are going to make the playoff this year. All right, there you go. I said it. I said it. Fine. Okay. I was waiting for this win. I I was waiting to see Drogba achieve something. And it happened tonight. And when you're looking at the standings with your calculator, trying to do calculations, there's a very good chance the six teams that are above the red line right now are the six teams that are going to stay above the red line right now and are the six teams we all predicted would be above the red line because let's face it, in the Eastern Conference this year, you had two expansion teams and two teams that are really, 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 really bad. Sorry, Chicago. Sorry, Philly. But you know you're bad. In Orlando and New York, you're brand new. You had vision of grandeurs, but at the end of the day, you're still an ASL club with a couple DPs. So it caught up to you over a long season. So even though Montreal didn't success and that's just if the trend continues. If they go on a tear because DJ Drogba tears all the pitches out there and scores two, three goals every single game and finishes with the golden boot of the season, who knows? Stranger thing did happen in MLS eventually. So if that happens, who knows? They can even climb to fifth or fourth. But the thing is, there's probably that's not did I just not predict the Montreal Impact will make the playoff. I predict that the Montreal Impact will face eventually. It's not the first round, maybe in the second, the third. For sure, it's not going to be in the finals, but who knows? It can never be in the finals for now, but Montreal Impact will face TFC this year in the playoffs. And that would be the start of something even special. Gio Seba versus Drogba. Jovinko versus Didier. The battle of the brandest, newest, biggest DP in Canada. One is having an MVP type of season. One just came in, but gathered the attention and sparked the imagination with a great performances. And I do believe that if there's a great game out there, to, a great confrontation to see is would be with Saba and Drogba because they could face on the pitch the way they both play and the way Didier Garba comes back deep to help and the way Seba stays in the middle sometimes, that could be very interesting. That being said, I predict that. The outcome of it, I don't know. I, I can see that uh, DJ Drogba have plans of maybe going to Toronto and getting that first ever victory for the Montreal Impact in the playoff at BMO Field. 
that would be something. That that would continue to raise a Dragon Ball legend. All right, let's just mention it here. I just said Dragon Ball legend. No, he's not a legend after one game in the hat trick. It's yes, it's the opening opening chapter of story of a legend, maybe. And this is the type of opening chapter you do want. Three goals in a game. But there was a banner today at the Stad Zaputo, section one fourteen. A little right of it, but it's right, it's right there. 1642 Supporters Group, 1642 Montreal, a Montreal Impact Supporters Group, a new one to say, made a special order, actually. They contacted Chelsea. Yes, Chelsea Football Club. My Chelsea. My Blues. From Stanford Bridge. They contacted Stanford Bridge and be like, hey, yo, Stanford, buddy, mate, lads, you got a little patch of vinyl up there. That's bright orange. And there's a couple of words written on it that you don't necessarily need anymore. How about you pack that patch up? Put a right little Chelsea sticker on it. Send it our way. And we'll be forever grateful. Guess what? They sent it. And it was at the stadium tonight. Good job, boys. Good job, 1642, Montreal. Proud of you. Proud of that banner. Yes, for for some people it might seem weird. I never failed to mention when the the opportunity arises. I do like my Chelsea. I do like my boys in blue. Sorry. Ain't no. So? That drug about playing for Montreal is, one could imagine, quite special for me. First time he looked at me and said hello, my face was stoic. My poker face was dead there. But if I can tell you what I was thinking, yeah, exactly. So, that being said, seeing that banner right next to the 1642 Montreal banner, I almost shed a tears. Actually, I almost shed some tears. I almost bawled. All right, fine. I did cry. But it was for a second. It was windy. A little bit of dust in the air. But damn, it was nice to see that little patch of orange vinyl. Vinyl. In this section 114. So good job. And we'll just talk about the other section, 132 tonight and 131. As you can notice, it was pretty silent for the entire game. Uh, there was some tracked release and... The actual uh, Stade Zabuto tonight explains the situation. It's because uh, UMO2, the Ultras Montreal 2002 uh, supporters group from the Montreal Impact and the Association of the Supporters Group of the Montreal Impact, basically 131-132, did a silent protest tonight to uh, protest against the sanctions that they are under right now. No flags, no banner, no away banners, no away uh, privileges outside of tickets opportunities outside of that there's no privileges allowed to the members of the ultras as well they uh, were protesting against uh, the relationship that they do have with the club which is iffy at times at best even uh, protesting against the lack of development in the legal use of some pyrotechnical aspect pyrotechnical figures and that's the reason that they are uh, at sanctions to begin with so the whole story is a little bit of a mess in 
what can I say? People need to talk about it. If you're looking at the 127 right now, they found a solution to that problem. There's differences there too. It's a different type of group with different philosophies, different mentalities. So it's less convoluted in one side. On the other, on the other side, it's what's for the best for the Amias. Was it best tonight? Was the atmosphere best tonight? Did you notice a difference? What do you think about it? Let us know at AfterWoodworks. AfterWoodworks at hotmail.com. I email or just at Kevlarme on Twitter. So, what did you think? Did you notice a difference? For sure, you noticed a difference. Did you agree with it? Yes or no? So, at the end of the day, it's going to be important to follow the development of this, but let's focus on the pitch for now. 4 3, DJ Jogba, great victory. What I take out of this game, well, very reassured by the play that Jogba did tonight, not just when he scored. But everything surrounding it, the way he vacuums one or two defenders all the time. People are wary of where he is at all time. And it does make some space for everybody else. And it is really nice to see. It changes the whole thing. It changes the way the team looks and is perceived on the pitch by the other players and by the referees themselves. Some calls Montreal got tonight that Petrescu never did ever. I said Petrescu, yes, no. Uh, don't hide your cat. It's not Silvio Pet Rescue trying to rescue stray cats or stray dogs. No, it's Silvio Pet Rescue, the referee. And I thought he was different tonight. Maybe it's the Didier Drogba effect. Who knows? But that's what I take out of this game. Very reassured by Didier Drogba. Didier Drogba. Didier Drogba. Thanks you very much for listening to this post-game edition of Off the Woodworks. And until next time, I'm Kevin Aramean. Have a great soccer. <laughs>